Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian... Oh, a sec, I got to move. I just realized I had a, uh, the little cursor over top of my face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Doris Lewis. Uh, Doris, let's start by uh, telling us a bit about yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll get into some real estate lessons learned. Well, briefly, I dabble in real estate investment uh, since 1997-98. Mm-hmm. Uh, started out in the U.S. I worked as an engineer. Uh, I was part of the Silicon Valley dot com folks. Like I said, I was using email before it was available for people (laughs) and had a change of heart and became a minister, uh, an ordained minister in 2002 and 2004. I, of course, left Silicon Valley, San Jose, California area, moved to Victoria, Canada to take on a church here. Yep. And then working at a pastor at that church, and I retired in 2017. And during that whole time, I was investing in real estate. A lot of it was turnkey, of course, because long distance. Uh, I had a duplex in Mountain View, California, and I sold it in 2017. And now I'm what I call is, you know, cat has nine lives, and I use up Two of my first was engineering, second yeah. was ministry. Now is really seriously want to be proficient at the real estate investor. Cool. So that's bring us to the current. So <laughs> I have lots to learn because of lots of mistakes that I have made. <laughs> <laughs> so were, were your properties all in California or where were you investing? Um, well, let's see. Yes, California, uh, Lee Summit, Missouri, Tennessee. And right now I divest everything in, uh, and of course in, you know, Victoria. And I divest everything. And right now I only have one property in Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. And the reason being was I'm just want to take time and, and learn and assess what the overall plan going forward, because I was doing kind of by the seat of my pants and hit and miss. And real estate, the wonderful thing is so forgiving. If you hang on to it, give it enough time, all the mistakes, well, some, yes. most, <laughs> you know, correct itself. It's that, it's that long-term thing, so. Cool. So that's, that's my experience with it. Okay, so you're 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 buying properties all over the place. You're using different property management. You're probably using all kinds of things. You're buying turnkey, um, and you've sold a lot of these just to sum everything back up. So, why why sell them? Was it because of, you know, you, we were going to talk about some lessons that learned, but was it because of that, or why sell them instead of keeping them? I know you're kind of retired, so you don't want as many properties necessarily that you have to do it. Was it because of all the workload or what, what was the, the, the thing that and got you? Why sell them? I could not get the capital out of it. And 
at that time. I, there was, you know, condition market in 2017 was very challenging. Still, this is July 2017, very challenging to be able to refinance or take the equity out for me and my situation. So lesson learned, number one, learn about financing. See, real estate, I, and I see a lot of people thinking that it's about the product. It's about single family home or multiplex and all kinds of that. We look at the asset. What really make it possible is the financing, about finance. So for me to go back and tell that Doris 20 years ago, I would say, honey, you're smart, but you don't know everything. <laughs> go back and learn about finance and financing. That's the key thing. Because knowing finance, what I know now, I can get the equity out the house very effectively with different ways and not necessarily going through the bank. And I can turn around. What I'm doing a lot now is um, becoming the bank, if you will. Yep. You know, lending my money out. And that's another avenue. But back to number one, learn about finance and financing. So was the issue that you had, you were, before you were living in uh, California and then you, you had a social security number then? And then like, did you buy with financing or you were just trying to refi? Like, were they in cash or just trying to get my head around everything? Just trying to spell it out. <laughs> okay. So I bought it uh, with, with finance. I yep. went to the bank. And some of the finance are saying very simple thing, like understand about credit rating and how the bank loan you money. Yep. My number one mistake was retire before I refinance. Yeah. See, when I, I was at a, a, a retreat, a spiritual retreat and talked to a friend, somebody I met there. And, you know, I told her that I love money and I'm lazy. So I'm one of those, I want to create a club for lazy lady making money, okay? <laughs> and so she started telling me like, well, you know, I want to spend more time with my family, with children. So I want, when I'm back from the retreat, I'm, I'm going to quit my job to be at home. And then later on, I said, oh, okay, you want, how are you going to, you know, live? And she said, they have a lot of properties. And as it turned out, so my thing I told her is say, please do not quit your job right away. Go back, look at your real estate, look at the financing. And if you need to do any financing, you can go to the bank and do that. And then you can quit your job the next day after you do it. But the bank love steady income, right? And somehow having a job is that classic thing of, oh, this person has steady income. So for me, number one learn was, I did not know that, you know, very elementary, but you know, if you don't learn, you don't know, they don't teach you these things in school. So yep. for me, that's one of the reason. However, I was very persistent. I was able to sell it with a special term. Uh, it's, um, that is defer 
you know, that installment sale. It's the best way to put it. So I was able to pay my tax in installment over time. So I don't get, get hit with a huge tax one because this had become, um, yeah, the, because the, the property is probably worth a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the appreciation is such that it was in the seven figure. Yeah. So it, when you're saying how you did installments, is that like you did like a seller financing or vendor take back to sell the property so you get your money in chunks or how did you go about doing that? No, it's one of the fancy way that you have an intermediary that okay. who, you know, get the assigned property, sell it, but between he and I, he the intermediary that would help hold the property and I got um, able to get the money, um, but the property doesn't close and, and for 30 years. And it's used very common for selling land and property in the US, that's specifically for land and business. So this so is- So more like a, a lease option or a land contract, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, and you know what? I, 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 I preach seller financing. I love it. And it, and it works for everybody. It works for both sides. It's a win-win and people will go, why wouldn't the people want their money now? And that's exactly why, because you don't want, if you can spread that burden out across a, a period, you can stay in a certain tax bracket and not pay it because otherwise it's just going to, a lot of it's just going to evaporate. <laughs> okay. You lead up to the second lesson learned yeah. that relate to finance. Yeah understand the taxation structure, right? Yeah. One of the things I asked people, I said, if you can make 15% on your money, would you say that a pretty good investment? You know, relatively? Relatively, it depends what, how active you are, but yes. <laughs> how active you are. But yeah. you know, you can get 15%, 12%, would that be a good investment or passive investment per se? Yeah. And people will say, yes, that's really good. They say, well, imagine if you could get your money that reduced that you're not paying tax. Because even if your tax bracket, I'm just using the lowest example, 15%, and you know that's not the case. Yeah. Okay. So if you can save 15% of your money from paying tax, wouldn't that be like you making 15% on your money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the exact same thing. At the bottom line, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the bottom line. It's how, right? It's back to the proverbial. It's not how much you make, how much you keep. Yeah. And so back to the financing. That's how much you keep and people chasing the return. But there's not all returns are created equally, right? Yep. depend on the kind of return and how you structure it. So understand finance also means start understanding the taxation. And that leads to the third lesson learned yep. is make sure you have in your corner part of your team a good tax CPA. I totally agree. Totally and agree. And, and I also learned not all tax CPA are created equally because like specialists, 
we think, oh, this person is a doctor. So I can go to him or her for all kinds of things. But then you find out, no, if you have problem with your heart, you don't go to an eye doctor. And you have a problem with your eye, you don't go to an ear or nose doctor, you know? So then it's tax CPA, but someone who versed in real estate. Yep. So that's for me is just learning all of the annoyances that I didn't know. This is what I would tell the younger Doris 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a great tip because you, you, yeah, you're, you're leaving money on the table. There's um, there, they could be um, structuring your company properly. They could be doing things just to be more efficient. Yes. And yeah. people don't want to spend the money on the CPA, but usually they will find more savings than what they cost. <laughs> yes, as imagine like, you know, you want to have a heart, so you need to have a heart surgery and you go someone that, oh yes, you know, I'm fixing bones, but I can give it a shot. You know, I chop up bones, so I'm sure I can do that. <laughs> it, it's, it, we don't have that mindset. And that for me may be the fourth lesson or how many lessons now? Yeah, this is the fourth, you're right. The fourth lesson is really, I would say, step into the ownership and owning. This is a whole new endeavor. This is a whole new business that I would tell that young Doris 40 years ago is step, you know, put on the bigger panties and grow up and take ownership of this business. And that means need to spend time and energy, allocate time and energy to learn about these things. Because if I don't learn about these things, you know, proverbial thing, they say, well, just delegate. Well, if you don't understand enough, you can't find the right person to delegate it to. Yep. I say the same thing. I always, a lot of times I'm like, especially if you're starting with investing in your backyard, I'm like, do the property management yourself for a few years. You'll yeah. understand what stuff costs. You'll understand how terrible that job could be. And then you'll, you'll be more understanding when someone else is doing it for you. And, and that is for me, the fifth lesson. Okay. Is the ultimate. Um, I think Simon Sinek has a latest book on the infinite game. Okay. In their short-term game and long-term game, their finite game and infinite game. The finite game is about investment, the goal, how can I get the best result out of this? How many houses, how much income? The infinite game for me is who am I becoming? the person that I am developing and becoming. So all of these lessons, if I allow it contribute to help me to reflect and see who am I and am I growing? You know, because talk about step into become the bigger boss, put on the bigger panty. Yeah. Well, that's an identity change. And it's come down to the long, the infinite game, the long-term game is who am I? Am I growing? Do I know my strength? Do I know my weakness? 
am I liking myself? Am I living in a way that I'm happy in my own skin? Because that's the ultimate wealth, isn't it? That's the ultimate fulfillment. Are yep. you happy in your own skin every day when you wake up? Yep. Depending what you're doing, you can change yourself. You And then you, you might get to your financial freedom goal and you're like, I'm not who I want to be. Yeah, you may get the number, but then you find out you're just trading one job for another job or you, you know, working more on the arena that you don't necessarily feel happy about. So for me, it's all, you know, one piece to the other. So there's a short term game and the long term game, and they need to be collaborating, cohesive, synchronized together. Otherwise, I know people who have, you know, achieved 50 house, and then the more house they get, the more they dreading it. Because they haven't seen what they're best and what they enjoy doing. Some people are good at flipping house, fixing house, they get high on it. Yeah. Like you said, you know, you got to go through it so you understand and see whether this fit for you. I went through the process of remodel the duplex when I bought it. I live in it and remodeling it. And boy, how many mistakes I made. But went through that, I realized I'm not one of those fixer flipper. You know, I, I, I don't, I love to look at to see the work done, but I'm not going to pick up the hammer, the very thought of it. No. And you know, we grow too, because at one time when I was going through it, the highlight on Friday night date was me and my boyfriend at the time went to Home Depot shopping for stuff for the house for the duplex. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was a big high. Yeah. And I grew out of that. Hmm. So yeah. it, it's really more and more now, you know, who am I becoming? And I think for me, the ultimate lesson learned is what am I doing with my time? Am I doing things that matter to me? And how am I using my time? Because you can always make more money, but you cannot make more time. I, I, I have a story that's really related to that, but I don't want to steal it because I'm hoping I can get the guy on my show no, to please, actually tell it. Please, please <laughs> share the story because I think that's really make the point for us. But I'm going to rip off this guy's story, but I'm, I'm still trying to get him on the show to try and come and tell this. Same, but the, he has a more elaborate story. But just the one part of it was he's a wholesaler in the States. Very, very successful. Um, yeah. But it's a very time intensive business. And he was constantly looking at properties and constantly. And the way the story goes, it, it really hit me because I have a young kid, too. And yes. well, two young kids, but I have one right around the same age as the story. And he promised, he's like, his kid's like, I'm playing baseball on Saturday and I really uh, want you to come. And he's like, no problem. I guarantee I'll be there. And he went and looked at houses in the morning on Saturday and he had until like one or two in the afternoon and one house, another house, another house, and things ran late and he was dealing with other people and he's trying to um, appeal to everybody. And at the end of it, he showed up to the baseball game late. He showed up as the game was over. And this yeah. kid was coming off the field and his kid's crying. And he's like, dad, you promised. And like, I don't want that to ever happen to me. And it's one of those things I'm like, I, every once in a while, you're like, 
I, I need to, I need to find more properties. I need to put this like all nighter in to, to do this. And you're like, what am I doing this for? Like, what is the point? Like yeah. if uh, I might as well just work a nine to five and with overtime and everything else and to make the same amount of money than to do this, if I'm going to give away all that time, that's important yeah. with the family. It's, it's all yeah. about setting your priorities. Right. And it, it's hard. And it's a, I keep that episode, which is long. It has a lot of other stories in it, but I keep it on my phone and I listen to it every year at least because it recenters you. Cause you're just like, no, that's not going to be me. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to learn from someone else's mistake. So I don't have to make that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of time I find that the same me, we went into real estate investment because we're not happy with our job or we want to create more wealth, more income, more money. Um, but a lot of time is really about running away from something versus running towards something. We just know that we want more freedom. We use the word, you know, financial freedom. But what freedom is it when that gentleman could not take time to go see his son uh, game? Yeah. What, no what is final financial freedom? Like, what is freedom? If you had to define it beforehand, you always want to, if you could think about how you're going to live your life when you're at financial freedom and work towards it, you'll f hit it. But a lot of times they just, you think it's money and you just work your brains off for the money and you lose your family and kids and you, <laughs> it's not worth yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's very common. And, and, you know, it's not just real estate because when I was working in ministry, uh, one of the things, you know, people are like, why you do something like that? I say, well, I don't want to live with regret and it's hankering. So I say, I need to find out. And so that's kind of sidetracked part of the thing. Then I was on the plane uh, flying back to San Jose and I encountered a colleague and she's in first class, of course. And, you know, we chat a little bit and I say, well, you know, a former colleague from a, a job that I was at. And at the time, she was director of marketing of the company where I was at. I was the engineer in the company. And I was looking at moving over to work with her, but then, you know, a change of mind. And so I never did go to work in marketing with her. So I chat with her and say, how are you doing? She said, oh, great. And I said, you know, where are you now? What you do is she said, well, you know, I finally get my VP of marketing. I say, wonderful. So she was in line to be promoted to VP marketing, but got passed over. So she subsequently left that company, took on, you know, went somewhere else. And now she's the VP of marketing. Success, right? right. And I look at her, she looked tired. So I asked her and I say, how is it for you to become VP of marketing? And you just see like, he said, Doris, more flying, more work, more overtime. I'm exhausted. Okay. Here's the goal we achieve. And then when we're not able to enjoy it. And the same thing. How many more houses? How many more multiplex? How many more, 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 more? But the bottom line is it contribute so you can have more joy more fulfillment and if that may be more time with your family then have a clarity on how many is sufficient 
and then create more time to do the things that matter most to you. And that's, if I was to offer a course of teaching, that would be the thing, you know, the process of developing to live your best self. And the best self is be able to express your talents, your gift, because we need to do that. Otherwise, we won't feel fulfilled. At the same time, it needs to be in balance and synergistic with doing the things that matter to us, to be with the people that we love and we enjoy. Me right now, I'm busy with my things, with my investments and things like that, and you know, getting investors and things. Yep. And I decided every day I play pool. So I carve out two hours, three hours each day to play pool. Someday I let it go, but it's on my calendar. And I do it just because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to share something again. because It's not really like, it's not quite what we're talking about, but it was about time freedom. And yeah. like with my real estate, you get, you get competitive because everyone always asks you how many properties you have. And so you yeah. keep gathering and gathering and you go and you leverage and leverage in order to get more and more and more and more properties. Um, but what now I'm starting to look at now is I'm, I'm enough is enough getting close. Right. So yeah. to what I'm debating doing now is to sell off a lot of these properties and then run my business out of cash. So there's not financing anymore on the properties, which would mean, uh, I could make the same amount of income with a lot fewer properties. With a lot fewer properties, there's a lot less time involved to manage the properties. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you talk to anyone who's uh, interested in tax at all, they're going to go, that's a terrible idea because, you know, especially in the U.S. with all the, the write-offs around mortgages, you're giving that all away. But in my head, I'm like, but I'm giving it away for time. Like, I won't have to put the... And so there's the two ways to look at this. You could do it that way, um, which I've looked at. And the other way would be to just start analyzing what you do. What are the jobs that I actually do? And can I, if, if I'm doing, if I'm successful, could I not just hire someone else to do these jobs? Exactly. One of the two things. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're over controlling, shrink. If you are open to letting go of the reins, then send it off. Yeah. And that's you in a great position to delegate because you do the job enough that you have the expertise and the understanding what it takes. So when, when you interview someone to delegate it to, you would know and assess the competency level of that person, but you still maintain the control as the owner. So you're still responsible, but now, you know, when I was living by myself, okay, yeah. I, I hired someone to come clean my house. And in my own model of thinking, oh my God, it's costing so much money to somebody clean house. You know, I tell my mother and she horrified because like, oh my God, it's cleaning house and you hire someone. But then it's really come down to, that's another lesson, if you will, become yeah. person. I don't know, maybe the six or seven lesson. Yeah. Back to the finance, understanding the value of money. And by that, everything costs money, right? We talk about inflation opportunity cost, 
but we don't see what is our time cost. Because when you start to value yourself and value the things that you do, you would say, you know, it makes sense to have somebody do the house cleaning for me. So that is free up my one hour, two hours that I go play pool with my husband. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once a week instead of doing that. So not understanding that we're not using money finance effectively. And so I definitely support you. And I, I imagine, you know, we just know each other a very short time, but you have the competency, you have the personality that you will have no problem able to find someone, a team that support you because you already done it for tax. So you already have the know-how. It sees once again is put on the big boy panties, okay, big boy short yeah. to step into that place that now you managing a team. You're not quote unquote the doer hang on anymore. There's a bigger role to step into, and sometimes it's uncomfortable to step into that identity because we know how to do the other part, but now step into that. That's require a whole different mindset, different skill set, and you have it all already for that. Just great tips. I'm. This was great. Like I, I love it. I love these these episodes that like you like you think about stuff and you recenter yourself a bit. I love it. So. Um, well, what little I know of you, you're very generous. You're willing to share. You don't hold back and the tagline on your podcast you say, you know, just useful, helpful tips and hints, no fluff. And you are, you live by that. So for me, you have so much to offer. Thank and you. I imagine, I'm guessing you enjoyed this. I do. Okay. <laughs> so to sell them all, don't need to. Check out other avenues. I know, I know. The, the problem is that I am one of those people who is kind of, I'm not controlling, but I, I need to understand everything. Like I almost want to do the accounting too. So I know what's going on in everything. Um, and I did hire a virtual assistant. And the problem was I was, I couldn't find enough work for them because I, I couldn't let go of certain things, right? Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't like, and some of those password stuff, right? Like, you know, like, oh, if I give them my Gmail account, you can get into everything now. <laughs> like that password is like the world now. You can log, you can get all your favorites, you get into banking, you can get into everything with those passwords now. Um, yeah. So it was kind of scary, um, but I, I had them doing stuff, but I couldn't let go of the reins on certain, a lot of things that I need to. Um, and so then my that's back to for me knowing yourself that you're you know that one of the lesson learning growing developing and knowing yourself knowing yourself that keep the part that important to you mm -hmm. don't negate that keep that part that important to you and work around it find other things and you know farm out other things but keep the part that essential important to you and then over time, you can see more clarity on which piece you can carve away. So a lot of time, we kind of try to jump into something 
we say, you know, uh, scroll up into that row. No, it's grow into. You got to grow into it. So for me, the certain part you enjoy doing, you're good at it, and it's important to you, keep it. And then start looking the other part and you can do it slowly over time, right? The easy thing is farm out the things that you don't enjoy as much. But it's all, you know, the thing I have is the three E's of life, okay? A lot of time we get so caught up in all or nothing, but the three E's, the process. First is explore. You're interested in something, in real estate, whatever it is, explore do research, learn more. And then the next stage, there's a time you got to experiment. Yeah. Okay, the experiment, maybe go into with someone or do something small by yourself, but you got to experiment because if you don't experiment, you're not going to fully learn. And then the third stage is evolve. Explore, experiment, and evolve. So, for you, you explore with the virtual assistant, you learn a little bit more, you experiment, and you know more on which part important to you and which are not. Yep. And then now evolve. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and thing is, you can give yourself permission to do that. And we often think, oh gosh, I tried this and it doesn't work and it's failure. No, when you frame it as an experiment, there is no failure in experiment. Right. You, you can learn from it. You learn from the mistakes. Because you find out whether this is true for you or not. This is right for you or not. If it's not, then okay, evolve. Keep the thing that's true for me. Because it's ultimately, there are some things that gifts and talents each of us have that have to be expressed. If you don't get to express that gift, that talent, is like that in a, it turned into a cancer that is just eating you from the inside. You never feel fully satisfied or fulfilled with your life, even though you have all these things. Deep. <laughs> it's probably one of those episodes I'll probably have to re-listen to every year just to keep you, another one to keep me centered. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned lots of lessons. <laughs> I learned lots of lessons. I'm like 456 lessons. <laughs> but because <laughs> I was I was crossing, I had four and then I crossed out five, crossed out six. <laughs> but um uh do we cover them all? Is there any more that you uh any lessons that we missed when we were when we were doing this that you had I you're in your ahead of time? I think of any lesson is one here is people talk about it, but about the self-awareness. Take time for self-awareness, self-reflection to learn and know yourself. Because when we talk about developing, we tend to look at, I want to develop into that person. But that person may not be the person that makes you most happy. And so take time to reflect and surround yourself with people, you know, like this kind of podcast, you said that you want to listen over again. Well, surround yourself with people, put yourself in an environment so that help you to keep develop and gaining that awareness because you ultimately 
have this one precious life. And the question is, all this stuff, when it's done, like they said, you know, all the chess pieces are gonna be put back in the box. When we're done, we're gonna be in a box or in a vase, a mantle somewhere or scattered somewhere. But when it's gone, all of this gonna be gone. And what we have at the end is, what have we done that we feel good about ourselves, that we happy and fulfilled? Because you are the only measure that matter most when it comes to the final moment. Wow. What a good note to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Doris, if, uh, if people want to get hold of you, uh, or do you want people to get a hold of you? Um, where can they do so? <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm still working on that program of developing people to be their best self. So right now, I, I don't, I'm not ready for that. So if they want to get a hold of me or something, um, I don't know, would, would they send you an email? And sure. And, and Doris, okay? when you have that ready, send it to me and I'll update it in the show notes so people can, can track you down and, and they can okay. work on that. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the deal. And you now, like I said, you're very generous, very kind and really I, I love your podcast and the oh, things you. that you have offered. So anything that I can do to support you to live your best self and fulfilling life, let me know. Thank you, Doris. And thank you again for coming on the show so much. I do appreciate it. Okay. Thank you.